Welcome to Your Health Guide, your how-to prescription for better health, translating cutting-edge research for your everyday life. Join naturopath and health educator Lawrence Katsaris for practical tips and insights to help you on your wellness journey. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Your Health Guide. I'm Lawrence Katsaris and today I'm with naturopath and researcher Joanne McNeil. Joanne has spent a large amount of time researching why we react to particular foods and environmental allergens and how we can help to reduce the symptoms as well as fixing the underlying problems with holistic functional medicine. This is a great foundational episode that's designed to help you understand why allergic reactions come about and how with the correct treatment we can not only reduce the symptoms but teach our body to tolerate exposure to the allergens again. Joanne and I talk about how this can be done by supporting five fundamental factors to our gut and immune health and when these are unhealthy or dysfunctional, it primes us to become reactive and that's when we can start to come down with allergic symptoms. We walk through what these five factors are, how they contribute to allergies, and how supporting them can build immune tolerance so that we can start to tolerate these foods and environmental allergens in the long term without them causing further problems. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for joining me on the show, Joe. Thanks for having me, Lawrence. Now, we're here to talk about allergies. When we're presenting with an allergic reaction or when I'm, you know, I'm suffering from allergies to particular food or environmental exposure, what's going on there? Sure. Uh, so in allergy, what's occurring is that your immune system is responding to a substance that's typically harmless uh, in a way uh, that it thinks it's a threat. So um, particular immune cells recognise this substance and then use that information to educate the rest of your immune system so that next time when they come across that same substance, they launch an inflammatory response, which is what you see in allergy. So and that's the symptoms that someone then presents with, right? That's right. Now, I understand there's a bit of a spectrum of those different symptoms, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so in allergy... Uh, you know, the typical response is quite quick. Uh, so you'll see those symptoms occur in about 30 minutes and they can range from things like, um, you know, more mild symptoms like hives and rashes, um, itchy eyes and nose and running um, mucus, um, all the way through to anaphylaxis, which is quite severe, obviously. Uh, you can also get gut symptoms like vomiting and diarrhea with that as well. So that's for an anaphylactic, uh, acute, severe allergic response. That's right. Or you, you can get hives, um, in an acute uh, response, um, but they can range all the way through to anaphylaxis. But then you can also get delayed responses. Okay. Uh, so they occur, um, you know, hours to days after ingesting or exposure um, to that substance. And um, they can also appear with things like rashes, um, but they can also uh, manifest in things like migraine and more IBS, like more mild IBS symptoms. Uh, so they can be a bit harder to pick up on. Definitely. I find they're the ones where patients can come in and you can know you're kind of having a reaction. Or sometimes they don't even know they're having an mm. allergic reaction, do they? Because it's like, I just frequently get headaches or mm. I might frequently feel really tired. Mm, that's and right. That may actually be a delayed allergic response. Yeah, yeah. So what are the common allergens that we might be reacting to? You mentioned that these are often harmless substances. That's right. Yeah, so uh, probably the most well-known allergies are uh, proteins found in foods. Um, so these are things like eggs, uh, peanuts, 
uh, other seeds like um, and and nuts, so tree nuts and sesame seeds are common ones. Uh, soy is another one. Uh, wheat uh, and shellfish and and fish as well. You can also react to non-food substances. They can be things like insect bites. People often get welts and hives from those. Uh, or metals can also cause a response. And then environmental allergens include things like pollens and dust mites as well. So depending upon the allergen, maybe causing different symptoms or depends upon, I guess, the person's immune system to how they're to reacting to that different substance. And I think one thing that I'd like to talk about in a little bit is you mentioned the proteins from from foods and Mm. I think that's really interesting because there's a reason why the proteins are causing a response isn't there Mm. and I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later on in other episodes about how that's really important to be helping improve our tolerance of, of that to break that down so it doesn't cause an allergic response that's correct now essentially we've got allergic We've got severe allergic reactions, like an anaphylactic style reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, people know about that. Um, mm-hmm. They're very aware of that. That gets discovered when they're a child. And they tend to avoid that, that substance and they have an EpiPen. Then you're saying that can then all like progress through, to, or sort of there's a spectrum that could progress all the way through to delayed reactions. That's where right. this person has symptoms and they may associate with an allergy, or it could actually be hours or days after exposure to that substance. So Mm. they may not even know it's an an allergy at all. That's right. It's really hard for people to pick up when they're experiencing symptoms days after they've consumed that food or been exposed. Yeah. So how does, like, are they they caused by the same sorts of things? Like, is it the same poor immune education and communication that's causing an anaphylactic reaction to a delayed hypersensitivity or delayed allergic reaction is that the same Mm. same process or are there slightly different things going on there it is similar uh so the same recognition process occurs um but there's different uh immune responses occurring in the body so it's just a different way of educating the immune system i suppose Mm. so in that case if i'm suffering from a delayed reaction Mm. what's taking place there or and maybe two parts to that question is if i'm suffering from a delayed reaction what's taking place there and why, you know, why did that start to happen? And a lot of times I see patients where, you know, they started to develop this allergy to dairy in their Mm. 20s or 30s or 40s. Like, how come? How come the immune system all of a sudden stopped knowing what it was doing? Yeah, sure. So that's a a good point. I'm going to answer it in a couple of points. So, uh, you know, people can develop true allergy uh, later on in life, it, although often occurs, it occurs or appears when they're children, um, as you mentioned. Uh, however, people do develop other types of food reactions to substances uh, later on in life, and that's probably more common. Something um, uh, like lactose intolerance is a good example of that, or wheat intolerance. Uh, so we, we try not to call them allergies because they are very different, uh, but they still experience very real symptoms. So when we experience allergy, what's happening is this um, uh, a, a dysfunctional programming of the immune system. In intolerance, it can be different things. So it still involves the immune system, but it's often uh, a breakdown of other systems like gut barrier function uh, and sometimes also the bacteria in the gut uh, causing problems in intolerance. And that can occur any time in life. And that's linking into when you talked about the proteins, isn't it? Because it could also be that we don't have the right kind of digestive enzymes Mm. to break down the protein. And a lot of these foods that we're reacting to, like dairy and wheat have got hard to break down proteins and so if we don't have the right 
enzymes to break that down, mm-hmm. then we end up with a protein that's recognized, that's partially broken down, and then the immune system maybe freaks out a little bit and sees it and goes, oh my God, and creates an allergic response. That's right. So in an intolerance, it tends to be more of a, a dysfunction of our other systems that then feeds a compound to the immune system. Mm-hmm. And by feeds a compound to the immune system, I mean if someone eats dairy, they don't break that down properly because they don't have very good gastric acid secretion. Um, and then, as you mentioned, if they don't have a good bacteria amount in their gut. Mm-hmm. And when you talked about their gut barrier, we're talking about the integrity of the cells that kind of keep our intestines together and stop what's in our intestines leaking into our uh, the rest of our body in a way, isn't it? Yeah. And so a breakdown in any one of those processes can start to then mean our immune systems or our immune cells are exposed to this partially digested dairy Mm -hmm. that it doesn't know what to do with. Is that that about right of what's going on? Yeah. So when you think about our gut, that's actually our first line defense in um, what we are exposed to every day through consuming food. Uh, And it's really important that that uh, defense is appropriate because otherwise it starts to expose the rest of our body to substances that shouldn't be there. Uh, In lactose intolerance, um, that's a really good example because a lot of people have it, right? Uh, So what's going on there is that um, you're consuming a food, there's sugars that are uh, difficult to break down. Uh, And usually people have uh, an enzyme that breaks those sugars down nice and easily, lactase it's called. Uh, And people uh, with lactose intolerance, they lack that enzyme. So they have this sugar that uh, is present in their gut and that causes issues uh, like IBS and bloating and diarrhea. Yeah, and that's why sometimes they might take lactase as as, as a supplement and then they can tolerate having the lactose, right? Yeah. But what you're saying is that that's not fixing the problem. No, it's not. So the the problem really is uh, in uh, in the gut there. So if there's inflammation in the gut, for instance, that can actually reduce lactase production. Yeah, great. And I think that's a perfect example about, you know, we're talking about the gut and a lot of people do get allergic responses because of foods they're eating. Mm-hmm. But as you were saying before, it could also be other compounds they're exposed to in their environment. Mm. And it's a similar process. Like our gut is one barrier that keeps the outside world out and our inside world in. Mm-hmm. And that's the same for our respiratory system mm-hmm. in our like in our lungs and our yep. upper respiratory system in our sinuses and also our skin as well. It's like it's funny how there's the same kind of body processes happening at each of those interfaces between our body and the environment. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So what is it that we could start to be doing about, you know, treating these? If I have a intolerance, as you're saying, differentiating this as an intolerance through to an allergy, mm-hmm. what is it that I could be doing about that? Or probably firstly, actually, how do I know if I have an intolerance or an allergy? Mm. It can be challenging. It depends. So um, those really acute uh, classic allergy uh, symptoms like anaphylaxis, typically people know what they're responding to, yeah, right? Um, it's still important to address the other dysfunctions that are occurring in the body, but they know what to avoid. With delayed uh, reactions or delayed allergies and then intolerances, it can be much, much more challenging to identify what the problem is because they can happen hours, days after exposure. So uh, what I recommend is uh, seeing a practitioner, a a natural health care practitioner, who can really step you through a process of identifying those triggers for you. Um, They can set up, uh, help set up a structure for that process. Yeah, and one of the things I love to to do is giving patients a 
diet diary, so mm. they're writing down their foods, and also a symptom diary, because I find when you're talking about the delayed reactions, mm. sometimes we may not be thinking about the fact that I can't sleep or I've got nightmares mm. or I hit a real slump at three in the afternoon may actually yeah. be because of the, you know, the wheaty cereal that I had for breakfast. Yeah. And I think when we start to look at the symptoms and what I'm consuming or what I'm exposed to, we can start to find those correlations, isn't it? It helps pick up patterns, yeah. yes. Now, does it matter in terms of if I'm thinking I have an intolerance to dairy or an allergy to dairy, I may know if it's obviously a lot more acute, definitely, but if I've developed a bit of an allergy to dairy, am I going to know or does it really matter about the treatment? Uh, from my understanding is most of the time when they're developed in the later years, it's more likely to be intolerances and it's more likely to be breakdowns in those functions like we've talked about in terms of enzymes, mm. bacteria of your gut, your um, integrity of your barriers of whether it be your skin or mm. your gut or your respiratory system. Is that about correct? That's right. And, uh, you know, fortunately a lot of the treatment aims in intolerance and in allergy are similar. So you're still going to be improving tolerance through improving the gut function and your immune function as well. Okay, great. So that gives a pretty good understanding about, firstly, there's a bit of a spectrum of allergy through to intolerance and these acute severe symptoms through to delayed symptoms of intolerance. And or you know, allergies may actually have delayed symptoms as well. Now, in terms of where those intolerances coming from, typically created because there's a dysfunctions in your enzymes or your bacteria or your barrier or your just immune coordination. So with that understanding, am I correct in saying that some people who are avoiding gluten, and so there's a lot of people that are saying they're allergic to gluten now and they mm -hmm. prefer to avoid it and they feel better off that, they may not actually then have an actual allergy to gluten. That's correct. So there's people who have celiac disease, which is an allergy that they definitely need to avoid gluten uh, for the rest of their life. Uh, then there's gluten intolerance, uh, which can still definitely cause symptoms. Um, I don't want to invalidate that. Uh, but there is actually hope that we can increase tolerance in intolerance. Yeah, and we're doing that by fixing those different layers of our gastrointestinal and immune health that are dysfunctional that's right yeah and I think it's that's really interesting as well because even in the celiac disease where there is a legitimate allergy and it is you know that person's reacting to it and they do need to come off it mm. their symptom severity is worsened by the still same factors like if their gastrointestinal barrier is mm. not that healthy that's then when it starts to worsen their symptoms and they're probably a lot more sensitive to gluten than, say, another celiac. That's and correct, yeah. I think that I've also seen research on that's what can precede the, the celiac disease, that some people may, you know, they develop celiacs in their 30s or in their, you know, 50s, and mm. it's, it's still the same fundamental barrier breakdowns and uh, immune and gastrointestinal breakdowns. Yeah, sure, they might have a predisposition for celiac, right? Um, but these dysfunctions in gut, uh, function and immune function uh, actually lead to the development of celiac. Mm. Mm. And the same breakdowns in those functions could lead to intolerance of yep. peanuts or gluten or soy in, in someone else. That's correct. So it sounds to me that sorting out the health of our gastrointestinal tract, the integrity of that barrier, the enzymes that are produced, and the bacteria in our digestive system is critically important to dealing with whether it's an allergy or an intolerance. So if I'm suffering from... Mm -hmm any kind of allergic reaction mm -hmm. i can go about like go about treating those the same way mm -hmm. that's right now i think that's a perfect place to leave this and we can pick that up in the next episode where we'll talk about how do you look at 
determining what actual food that might be and how do we go about using particular ingredients and treatment approaches to address those different layers uh, of our gut health and our immune health Mm -hmm. so that we can decrease allergies, intolerances and, and reactions in general. Perfect. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks so much for your time, Jo. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Your Health Guide. Any resources or links discussed in the episode can be found at metagenics.com.au. To help you continue on your health journey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you found this episode useful, please rate and review us. If you have any questions about how this information could relate to your health condition, please go and speak to your natural healthcare practitioner who can provide you with specific advice for your health needs.